0: So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye.
1: I hit record. That makes my day. I have also hit record. Sorry.
2: Go team. (laughs) And
1: I, uh, Ned, I think that my recording has uh, the my little trial, and then
2: that's okay. I'll it'll it'll be fine. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. Welcome to Feature creep colon built uh, colon what
0: colon microwave. (laughs) 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 Semicolon
2: octothorpe octothorpe. Uh. So
0: octothorpe.
2: In another effort to uh, continue a series uh or work around design i guess i don't know where this would um land but uh if you're not familiar with octothorpe it is the number sign or the pound sign or the hash um but it is a very common symbol in our uh lexicon of symbols i suppose right yeah um yeah so i it's a pretty interesting one to me cuz it's been used in so many different contexts um I yeah like I heard a I feel like I was reading something somewhere and or like watching some YouTube channel or something and somebody was like oh the pound sign comes from um has to do like the reason that it not the not the actual symbol the number sign but the the term pound sign yes has to do with keyboards um hmm. which is to say that um and i don't remember all the details but they were basically making the argument that over time when like when keyboards were you know typewriters and then there were like international keyboards and so in the in britain they have the pound is their denomination for monetary denomination and so um i believe that the key like it had something to do with the way that the the key represent it wasn't the key it was basically when you push the button there's a standard of like when we're talking about a keyboard and not a typewriter they were trying to standardize yeah. like the digital bit the bits that were used to represent each symbol and so yes. my understanding was that there was an overlap between the pound the pound note like the monetary designation the like the british pound and mm-hmm. the number sign
0: but isn't that and like an so L were,
2: shape? Yeah, it's like a it's sort of like a cursive L with a little slash in it. Um the British pound. Yeah. Yeah. So um I don't but know. But
0: how now how does that relate to the hashtag pound sign?
2: It had to do with the way like early keyboards were trying to standardize, like computer keyboards, they were trying to standardize and they were trying to represent each symbol with um like digital represent like a you know, a string of like an eight bit, or not an eight bit, but like a um, yeah, like an eight-bit string of characters, and mm-hmm. so um, mm-hmm. because of mm-hmm. the international, like in the US, we didn't need the the pound sign on our keyboard, and so it was replaced with the number sign.
1: So, but it not was that, the same see.
2: digital numbers or the same string of characters that represented it in a in binary. Right. Yeah. right. Sorry. Dana. Right. Not
1: gotcha. Go. Not that Wikipedia is the be-all and all of anything. You shut um, your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it looks to me like they, like the confusion around pounds and the pound sign or the mm-hmm. hashtag sign or the number sign or whatever else we're going to call it, yeah. um, mm-hmm. has to do with the similarity between the, um, the sign that we're talking about and the sign for, uh, pound mass or pounds avoir, avoir du poids in French. Oh. Um, oh, not from the British, not from the symbol for Money. the British Monetary Unit.
0: Oh. Yeah, that's,
2: I mean, that makes more sense to me. Um, absolutely.
1: It's also similar looking, though, please, my goodness, don't ask me to describe it. It's like there's a T <laughs> and the, the cross on the T intersects a B. Actually, I did not do a bad job describing that. No, he did a pretty
2: ah. good job. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it it's... Uh, there. It, it turns out that there's a lot of disagreement both around where the symbol came from and also around what it's called and also around who had the idea to call it something or to make it in the first place.
0: Is this because there were a bunch of people who claimed to have thought of it all at the same time or has it just been a lot of people over time were like, nope, this is the way it is? Um, I mean... I
1: have to admit that I don't think anyone's working very hard. Uh, Merriam-Webster says that one of the reasons that people think it's called an Octothorpe was that a supposed telephone company employee happened to burp while discussing the Octo symbol, and they just decided to commemorate it in a name for a symbol. So,
2: That's fantastic. <laughs> I love that. That's a, I hope that's true.
0: I hope that's true, too.
1: I don't I mean, know. It's also apparently related to the athlete Jim Thorpe. And since I did not know that there was an athlete Jim Thorpe, I oh, could not possibly tell you what it would have to do with him.
2: Right.
0: Um, uh, Jim Thorpe, I recognize the name. I'm Googling him right now because I I can't not know.
2: So I I like the term Octothorpe because it's just kind of... It, it feels nice to say to me. Like it sounds fun. Um, I like that it's... Uh, I like that it's kind of steeped in mystery too. That's pretty interesting. Um, I
1: like all the terms where they've been around for so long, or they, you know, got they got put into the dictionary before anyone realized that it would be interesting to write down yes. how they became a word. Right, I think it's really fun. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's really fun. Yeah. Um, um,
0: Jim Thorpe, James Francis Thorpe, was an American athlete, an Olympic gold medalist, and a member of the Sac and Fox Nation. Um, so he is the first. Native American to win a gold medal for the United States.
1: Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's, that's significant.
0: Yeah, it is quite
1: significant. But what on earth would it have to do with a number symbol?
0: I don't Uh, know. (laughs) Let me look. Let me look and see if they mentioned that here. We were trying to think Um, of a way to
1: commemorate his, his uh, many achievements. And that seemed like the right way to do it. Right. (laughs) I remain confused.
2: (laughs) I was just thinking how I'm sure our listeners listen to this for the hard hitting questions like that. Um, Oh, of course. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, So, Octothorpe, Octothorpe.
2: It's funny. I. I, That's what I'm looking for. I grew up reading and playing music, um, especially in high school, like I played in band. And um, there was. I've never really thought about it as the sharp sign. I mean, it is, absolutely. But if you. Yeah, Out of context of music, I don't think of it as the sharp symbol. Yeah. Um,
0: the, I, neither do I. For a second, I wasn't even sure what you were talking about. And then it like, oh, duh, the sharp. I was like, sharp what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm still trying to figure out in this article what the symbol has to do with James Thorpe. And I'm failing. The other thing that confuses me, and I'm pulling
1: up my phone as we speak just to look at the keypad is I mean I I guess that you could say that like the star button also means a couple of different things in the sense that you can use it for emphasis or you can use it for a footnote or you can use it for this or for that Mm. but the percent sign only means percent the ampersand pretty much only means and unless you're programming something why on earth does the number symbol mean like seven different things depending on context
2: Um. good question well uh, so mm-hmm. I think I think that might have to do with... It. I mean, I'm guessing that that might have to do with the fact that it was... I, this is pure speculation on my part, but um, it's one of two symbols that was included on the telephone keypad. And so they end up doing a lot of different duties over time before we've reached, like, smartphone era where it's like, oh, we can just have as many symbols as we want. And so you're no longer in that, like... Narrowly defined channel of communication where you're like there's basically ten digits and two symbols like twelve twelve characters you can send back and forth over the telephone lines, um
1: yeah. So I think that that's a reasonable argument, but I'm going to go back to Wikipedia and say that the first thing Mm. in Wikipedia under number sign is not to be confused with the numero sign, the sharp sign, the view data square at the equal and parallel to symbol, the looped square, Mm. the Chinese character well field system or the game tic-tac-toes grid. (laughs) And then goes on to discuss the like four different symbols that all look like the number sign which we think is the reason that the number sign is the number sign and all of those predate phones <laughs> so
2: right right
1: my my theory is that it's easy to write and yeah. so that symbol has been around for a very long time because it's a combination of straight number or of straight lines that you could like carve into a wall and scratch into the dirt with a stick mm. and write in with like i don't know charcoal Um, Whereas some of the other symbols that we use are more complicated and had to wait to be in consistent use until we had better writing devices or digital writing devices. Yeah. Maybe it's just existed for longer and therefore has more meanings.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean uh, the, the Wikipedia article. um, Yeah. The Wikipedia article does actually a good job of like referencing a lot of different, um, it's got a couple of examples of stylized versions of the abbreviation Um, although in this case they're really referring to the abbreviation of the the pound like the pound as a unit of measure um, or a unit of weight Um, and it's sort of evolution from an lb to basically this hash or this um, number sign Um, yeah I like um, I've I've never really heard it referred to as hex but apparently that's very common in Singapore and Malaysia, which I think is very interesting. Um hmm.
1: well, gets used in front of a ooh, am I wrong? Doesn't it get used in front of a hexadecimal?
2: Oh yes. Yeah. Remember, like in HTML yep.
1: or in other contexts?
2: I've just I've just hmm. not it, yes, absolutely. It often means, it often indicates hex. Um yeah. and in fact at the end of the show when we get to the colors of the day um we'll we'll give you hex numbers which are hexadecimal values that define those colors um but yeah but i just i've never used it in like common parlance if somebody was to refer to it i've never heard somebody say use the hex symbol like even in the that's what i mean like yes i yeah absolutely i um by the nature of my job i'm very familiar with
1: that particular
2: Um, (laughs) and then
1: I guess if we're going to keep discussing the fact that it means a million different things, there's yeah. also the fact that two of the names for it mean two different numbers, right? Because it's now Octothorpe, despite not having anything to do with eight and Hex, despite not really having anything to do with six.
2: Well, it has eight tips.
1: It does. That's true. Yep.
2: Four I lines. Did, I have said the
0: same thing. I four was lines, like, eight
2: tips.
1: And nine squares sort of if nine you're gonna squares. call the things on the outside squares but i yeah. don't think it doesn't it have six of anything um i don't think so
2: it's got uh let's see so it's got nine spaces um like negative spaces yeah. like possib- i just like call them squares. squares yeah no perfect yeah. yeah um it's got four lines um it's got eight eight points uh it's got four triangles and or four partial triangles on the corners.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um it's got four crossings.
1: Yes, but it doesn't have six of anything. No. So the hex thing is still messing with
0: my overly literal brain.
2: Yeah. Well yeah, the hex thing is interesting. I wonder, um
0: Yeah. I'm glad that we're talking about this because I was I've been wondering about it since the last time we talked about it.
2: Yeah. Now I want to look up hexadecimal. Um,
0: hexabutsimal hex-
2: <laughs> so, so hexadecimal is base 16. Okay. Um, hmm. So there's which, yeah, usually you think of hex as... Um, as six, right? Um, yeah, but generally speaking it's, or, well, I mean, it's, that's universally,
0: well, that makes sense because the hexa refers to the six and the decimal refers to the 10, the two of which add up to 16,
2: right? Hexadecimal. Yep. That does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the fact that it's shorthand for hexadecimal, so 16 works a little bit in its favor. If there's eight points, which, Do you say it means double something?
1: Uh, I'm not sure.
2: Oh, it's double meaning. That's the only real... um... Yeah.
1: And then let's just add another number, and this is just me being silly, but you uh, write that sign on a computer by hitting shift and then the three button, which is neither a four nor an eight or a, well, it wouldn't be a 16, but...
0: Right. Mm, Yes, good observation.
1: Well, but at this point, I kind of feel like I'm like, I don't know, trying to argue that Nostradamus's <laughs> predictions came true because you can read something useful into them. But I, I have no idea if any of it actually has anything to do with why people named anything, anything. Right. Mm. Did I just take there all the fun out of it? We'll no,
2: know. no. I was <laughs> no. just I was just going with what you said, which was I was thinking about. um Kind of a standard keyboard layout where... So we're referencing like a 104 key U.S. query, query layout, um, which is where you would find the pound sign over the three. But I'm wondering if there are other... Mm-hmm. Um, if it ends up in other places. And so I'm trying to find some like references. Um, so, yeah. I so, wonder
0: what other like... What other magical characters are out there on keyboards in other parts of the world that we don't know about?
2: So, if you look at, um, and I'll send you guys a copy of this. This is a, a 105 key computer keyboard, um, and this is like a more international version. And let me drop it in the chat here. Um, so, what what we're talking about here is like key locations, and so you know what keys do what. So, for instance, on this keyboard. The pound sign, sorry, the pound denom- monetary denomination is over the three. And the pound symbol or the pound sign or the number sign is actually to the right of, or it's to the very left of the inner key. It's on the, on the home row, the A row, if you're using a QWERTY keyboard. Um, and it's all the mm-hmm. way to the right. It's the farthest key before the, uh, so like this one goes um like you know if you're starting on h it goes h j k l and then you've got your semicolon mm-hmm. your uh your single quote and then your uh pound sign so that's a oh. uh like a very different layout again um so there's uh there's kind of these like um this is kind of where it gets into weird stuff like standardization of keyboards and where symbols are located. Now you can like reconfigure your keyboard with, um, like in the, in the operating system very easily. And so like my keyboard Mm -hmm. doesn't even have any printing on the keys. Like it, it just behaves the way I set it up in the software. Um, Hmm. and so I don't like, you know, my three key is the three key by convention, but it doesn't have a symbol to let me know that. Like I just, that's, like, does that make sense?
1: Yes, yeah. I don't know how people you are listening. No, type that, that way, sense. but yeah,
2: by, by touch, right? Like, I touch. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, like I don't, I don't have to. Like I'm already not looking down there, way. and so
1: yeah. Uh, for myself i can i can type that way with the letter keys and with the um punctuation keys that i use on a regular basis Mm -hmm. but i tend to have to cheat and look down if i'm like typing numbers or typing brackets or doing anything that my fingers don't do constantly
2: right right so i i think i probably i started out what i did is had like a virtual on-screen keyboard so i could see what key i was pressing um Mm -hmm. but i like didn't have to worry about that pretty like it I don't know, maybe took maybe like six months or something before. I just never really referred to that again Um, because the Mm. and because of the way like I don't write like if you're writing like more English language than or just sort of communication language, then you're not using the like really specific characters and stuff. But in programming, you're always using like particular characters. And so I I typically know where all of those are now. Um, Yeah. Didn't start out that way, but.
1: Oh, do you want more mm. random uh, yes. notes from it just Wikipedia? Takes a
2: while. Absolutely. A
1: 1917 manual yeah. distinguishes between two uses of the sign by specifying that if it's written before a figure, it means number, and if it's written after a figure, it means pounds.
2: That makes sense. I mean, I've certainly used I or I've seen that in that context.
1: Yeah. No, that makes to- that makes perfect sense. I just never thought about having. I'd never thought about it that way. And then this one is not cited, so I don't know, but apparently hash sign um, is a term that comes from South African writings from the late 1960s um, and didn't show up in uh, non-North American sources until the 1970s. But again, that that one, I don't know. That one, someone just wrote into Wikipedia, so hmm. take it with a grain of salt. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, there's I no would,
2: reference. Yeah,
1: citation i would guess that it, that it is i mean i'm i'm going to keep guessing the same thing that i guessed in the beginning which is it is a very easy symbol to write and therefore it probably exists in multiple languages and multiple ri- writing systems and so at some point as we yeah. got more global we had conflicting meanings and conflicting names for the same symbol mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then in computers, it was used to label the following text as having a different interpretation, such as a command or a comment. Um, And it was adopted uh, for use in IRC chat to label groups and topics, which apparently inspired the use of it, it, which apparently inspired its use on Twitter.
2: Interesting. Um, and you can see that reflected in the sort of modern IRC derivatives like slack or discord um, where they also use the pound number sign etc the hash to denote yeah. group like to to note to den- denote groups or chat channels um, like both slack and discord use that same convention um, I spent a lot of time back in the day on IRC and I, I do remember that just sort of, it's just one of those things you just accept as like, oh, that's how they denote channels of communication.
1: Yep. Huh. And then if we're going <clears throat> back to look at words, hash may also come from hatch because the images or because the um, symbol is literally cross hatched. So yeah, now we have yet another. That makes so now we have much yet, sense. Yet another potential reason. Yeah.
0: Oh, that Although makes a weirdly, lot that of sense.
1: It does, but that's the most logical one, and it's also the one that they say is the most disputed out of all of the origins. So, <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> I Dang don't it. know. It sounds convenient because it is convenient. Right? <laughs> <Great. laughs> <laughs> well, shit. Um, what a, what a funny mystery. It yeah. is...
1: So I'm just blatantly uh, stealing data from Wikipedia, but at least I'm citing my sources. That's
2: how we we do
0: this.
2: That's that's uh, our whole MO. Yeah, that's our whole... um, Yeah, that's everything. That's fine.
1: Don McPherson claims to have coined the term Octothorpe, and it was because he liked Jim Thorpe. And it has eight points, I guess. That bit just doesn't get explained. Um, but then Howard <laughs> Howard Eby and Lauren Asplund Claimed that they invented it And they said it was an octotherp, Not an octothorp Because of the Th digraph hey, which they? is hard to Pronounce in different languages I have no idea um, I guess maybe Linguists <gasps> if they're talking if they're making Jokes about digraphs they're probably Linguists right um, uh,
0: You would think Maybe yeah
1: This it,
2: is, I mean, could have
1: something to do with with a man named James Oglethorpe. So now we get to Wikipedia him and see what's going on there.
2: Wait, but hang on before we leave the, <laughs> oh, um, before we leave the claims <coughs> of Howard E. B. Uh, and uh, Lauren Asplund. That reference yes. comes from a document on dougker.net um an article titled octothorpe and it's from the 70th birthday series according to the article and according to the article again it was issue one uh published may 7th 2006 by douglas a kerr um and it's titled and the actual title of the article is the ascii character octothorpe Yes. Um, and that's where that's where uh, there's a lot of it. I mean, I'm just skimming through this, but there seems to be some reference to Bell Laboratories. Um, and then somebody named Kerr gets into the act. So, yeah, it's... And then there's a reference to the grand joke. Um, so this is like a personal account because all of this is r- written in the first person. Um, or much oh. of this is first person in this article. Well,
1: that that automatically means it's yeah. true, right? It Someone must be says true. that they said it,
0: right? It's that's that simple, the, right? That's the only criteria we have for veracity. Yeah, absolutely. That's totally settled. Settled issue. Next. <laughs> <laughs> and then in things that confuse uh. me.
2: Yes.
1: Because usually when you Google two names from like people Mm -hmm. who made a claim together or who wrote an essay together or who people tell stories about together, if I put Howard Eby, Laura Asplund, and Doug Kerr into a Google search, I get nothing. Wow. Like nothing, nothing, which is weird. Weird? I get one link. If I add Doug Kerr into the mix, I get one link that... Uh, um, nope. Hmm. Yeah, no idea. Um, I I can find nothing useful, which is just weird, right? Like usually when people are known for doing a thing together, it says it somewhere on the internet.
0: Right. That's very strange.
1: Yes, no, we can track, and um, Ned, I'm assuming this is what you were doing, we can track the citation in Wikipedia.
2: Yeah, that's where I pulled up that. um...
1: Yeah. Hmm. But at that point, you need, yeah, so DougKerr.home.att.net says there is at present only one, quote, department, Unquote, at this site, The Pumpkin, a compendium of technical articles by Douglas A. Kerr.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, and apparently, this is one of those articles, which gives me an inkling that Douglas A. Kerr might be one of the editors on this Wikipedia entry, because otherwise, how on earth would he, anyone else know to reference that article? Uh,
0: good this point. Is-
2: This is like, we've found some interesting corner of the internet. So
0: if you're following (laughs) along,
2: um, we have discovered a website called DougKerr.net. That's D-O-U-G-K-E-R-R.net. And you will come to the homepage and then you'll see what Dana just uh, recited there. And then you can go see The Pumpkin, which is titled (laughs) "A Library of Selected Writings of Douglas A. Kerr.
0: Yes, you will. The Pumpkin. Click here.
2: And it's full of fantastic... Like, there's a lot of material
0: here. Yeah. Optometrics, electronic music, telecommunication.
1: At some point, he intended to write about watches and clocks, but then he either broke that link or decided not to write about watches and clocks.
2: Interesting. And then
1: there (sighs) is a section called personal stories, but I'm pretty sure that the Octothorpe article... Is maybe in the telecommunications? Wow, there are so, a lot of articles.
2: The one that's referenced in Wikipedia is titled the ASCII character ASCII character Octatherp. and he has a large red letters next to it that says "withdrawn." You can still wow. you can still see it. Withdrawn. Um, oh, it's been replaced with a new article. Um, oh. Which is like a revision. F- which is a revision to the name Octotherp and, and Octo, OctoTherp and OctoTherp for the symbol, for the number symbol or the number sign. Um, and this was issue number three, December 8th, 2014.
1: This man also wrote two articles. I'm assuming Doug Kerr is man. I suppose I shouldn't make assumptions. This person also wrote two articles about the wireless technology on board the RMS Titanic.
2: There's some really interesting shit on here. Like Yeah. I I mean this is a treasure trove of podcasting <sighs> information is what this is. Right? Yes. Seriously. Um, I, I this is a very interesting person who has a lot of ideas. I, the way that he writes too. So if you look at any of these articles, um they're all published in PDF format and my guess is that he's using some kind of um like he's probably using like LaTeX or some other kind of like uh, publishing software to format and produce these articles. Um, they're yeah. written in a very kind of like I would call it like an academic style, like layout. His language isn't yeah. necessarily overly academic. Um,
1: and I'm looking at different things, and I would have told you that it looks to me like a patent application, or like you know it belongs in a in a patent. Yeah. Document.
2: Yeah. These are like, these are like sort of the kind of formatting you'd use for journal publications and, and other like formal documents. Um, he wrote yeah. a
1: forensic analysis of the Anglican Consultative Co- Council and membership in the Anglican Communion. I didn't know that that required forensic analysis.
0: I'm looking at his. Issue number three, December eighth, twenty fourteen, the names Octotherp and Octotherp for the symbol hashtag.
2: So he's a really interesting man. Like he I, I'm assuming, man, um there's a photo of him there. So if you go to read about the author, um he's a retired telecommunications engineer. Yeah. I mean that makes sense based on a lot of the stuff. But he got
0: his engineer's ring when he was eighty years old.
1: But he's a retired telecommunications engineer with a very diverse set of interests, right? One of his articles is about the geometry of, quote, toward Mecca, which discusses the fact that because the earth is not flat, it is difficult for Muslims to know which direction to face in order to pray, because Mecca doesn't face in the direction that is intuitively guessed. There I mean, there's definitely a lot of telecommunication stuff on here, but there there is plenty of non communication stuff on here as well. Stitch formation in rotary hook sewing
0: machines.
2: It's fantastic. Yeah.
0: Wow. We have This is kinda fun. Yeah. Stumbled into the funniest little alcove. Yes. Yeah, no kidding. This is fabulous. This is just fabulous. Uh I highly recommend that everybody read this guy's website. Like
2: Yeah, this is he wrote he wrote an article not that long ago, March tenth, twenty nineteen, about the Osun AD sixteen ten wristwatch. Yes. And he has this to say about it. The Osin is a very handsome but quirky men's wristwatch with both analog and digital aspects. I mean, he goes on like he he describes it. He talks about the manufacture of it. He gives a description. He's got a photo for a figure. Uh, These are like all of these are just like labors of love. Like every one of these articles is like a gem. Um,
0: this is amazing. I don't he has even... one on scientific notation and floating point representation that's 4,680 words long.
2: Yeah, amazing.
0: Very cool. Binary prefixes for units. Yeah. A theater lighting adventure filed under performing arts. Yep. This is fabulous. Yeah, Ooh, is this person still alive?
1: I wondered.
0: I, have, and I don't know.
2: I have to assume. I mean, I, he was as of 2019, assuming that all of these are actually published by him, which I I don't know why I would think otherwise. Um,
0: right, right. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty slick. Uh, we so the website is DougKerr.net. And it's informally or whatever. Once you get there, it's clear that the name of the website is The Pumpkin. Yes. (coughs) And it's bright orange. Yeah. (laughs) And awesome.
2: Yeah, it's so awesome. Um,
0: It's
1: color of the day orange, right? I could see Ned picking this for the end of our episode. You mean
2: our intrepid research department might come up with this?
1: I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yes. Shall we re-record that part? No, I, I could imagine it's our research no. team selecting <laughs> this color. <laughs>
2: How dare you reveal the the secret inner <laughs> workings? Because <laughs> <laughs> no one could figure out that Ned spent like half a day writing and like writing a program to generate the colors of the day randomly and then i mean we've talked about it before please go to objectcolor.com and look (laughs) at the fruits of my labors like there's yes you can generate your own colors of the day um you can yeah so
0: you can feel free to wait for us to tell you yeah but you also are empowered to do this on your own right yeah
2: exactly yeah and um, then
1: if we if we want to pivot to other people who are randomly named in the article about where the name Octothorpe might have come from?
2: Yes. Yes, please.
1: James Oglethorpe is also an interesting character though I do not understand in any way what he has to do with the pound signal or 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 with the pound symbol or with any of the permutations that we've discussed. So Hmm. he was born in 1696. He was a British soldier and a member of parliament and a philanthropist. He was also the founder of the colony of Georgia in what was then British America. He was a social reformer who hoped to resettle Britain's worthy poor in the new world. Um, He initially focused on people in debtors' prisons, but then he uh, uh, founded the colony of Georgia instituted a ban on slavery and alcohol, uh, played a key role in the War of Jenkins' -ER, Ear, E-A-R, led the Siege of St. Augustine, which was unsuccessful, defeated a Spanish invasion of Georgia in 1742, um, and then left... Later on, in like oh. somewhere between 1742 and 1745, and then he shows up elsewhere in the J- Jacobite Rising of 1745 and was blamed for the British defeat in the Clifton Moor Skirmish. What the heck? Uh, and then he lost re election to the House of Commons, left England, served undercover in the Prussian army during the Seven Years' War. <sighs> And then in his later years, he was prominent in literary circles and made friends with James Boswell and Samuel Johnson. Wow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: I still don't understand what he has to do with the Octothorpe.
0: Yes. Yes. Back to the point. We have no idea. He
1: was also a super interesting guy. So we might as well
0: (laughs) cover him on our
1: slightly wandery podcast.
0: Mm-hmm. yes it's this fits right in
1: <laughs> <laughs> definitely um you cannot find any reference to an octothorpe on the wikipedia site about james james oh oglethorpe goodness. however
2: right yeah so that seems to be um well uh, according to the wikipedia reference for that connection quote connection um that was pulled from the american heritage dictionary of the english language uh yes published in 2000
1: i'm sorry i have to interrupt we just found i just found my very favorite fact from this entire episode no matter what i challenge you to find better yeah yeah did you two know that another name for the number sign (laughs) isn't (laughs) sorry i'm loving i'm loving too hard to say it is an oof
0: oof
2: no <laughs> that's fantastic
0: oh that's great that just rounds this out with like a dose of absurdity i love this
2: that is great
0: oh does it amazing. say anything more about why oops. <laughs> no it's not even <laughs> cited it's just there <laughs> oh my god Um, well seems legit
2: i i love (laughs) i mean so so basically (sighs) if we really want to get into it um the hash symbol or the octothorpe can also double as an onomatopoeia
1: um i take it back it is cited it's from ss64.com uh which is an article it's the pronunciation guide for unix bash um Retrieved oh. uh, September sixteenth, twenty fourteen, which lists such names uh, for the octothorpe as hash, cross hatch, pound, pound sign, number, number sign, octothorpe, fence, garden fence, crunch, mesh, hex, flash, grid, pig pen, tic tac toe, scratch, scratch mark, gate, garden gate, hack, oof, rake, unequal,
0: <laughs> and punch mark.
1: That's <laughs> also <awesome>. sharp.
0: <laughs> wow that is that's extremely uh wide-ranging
1: and granted that this is a really terrible way of actually counting items and i don't have a fast way to count items but the pronunciation guide for unix the page that i just navigated to um includes other names for pretty much every other symbol anywhere and until you get to the notes section Mm-hmm. Every other symbol, underscore, circumflex, backslash, brackets, all of those things has usually one, occasionally two lines worth of uh, other names. Oh, um, And Octothor- wow. Octothorpe has, I guess, technically, it's only two lines. And then there's also another line discussing the fact that Microsoft calls the character Sherp. But Octothorpe, uh, for whatever reason, has the longest list of other names, uh, mm. Compared to anything else, so we're we're still back to our central point that this symbol means a lot more things, um, or oh. has a lot more origins than oh. the other symbols on this list.
0: Octothorpe means different things to different people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you just picked the uh, episode title.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's fantastic. Um, there's some cool stuff on this list as well. This is the uh you're referencing the um I believe you're looking at the ss64.com bash syntax html website. I
0: am. ho oh. Uh
2: and I'll drop that in the chat for you, uh, Meg, so you can have a look. But if you're following okay. along, um that's the uh uh ss64.com Slash bash slash syntax pronounce, um, syntax hyphen s- pronounce. Yes. Slash bash syntax hyphen pronounce dot html. Um, mm. There's some really other cool things on here I'd forgotten about. Um, mm-hmm. So the interrobang is referenced, um, and obviously in this case it's a so they break it down into single characters and multiple characters, and uh, we did a previous episode on in, on the interrobang. Mm-hmm. Um, but under the multiple characters, there's the shebang.
1: Yes, I just saw that.
2: <laughs> and the ah! shebang the shebang is cool. Um, so in computing, a shebang is the character sequence consisting of the characters, the number sign, and the exclamation point. So it's basically hashtag bang, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's also often refer- referred to as hash bang, pound bang, hash, hash playing, or shebang. Um, or...
1: You're missing the last one on this list.
2: Oh, wh- which one?
1: It's also known as a wallop.
2: A wallop, yes. I forgot wallop. about that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I, yeah, I'd, I'd already gone away to read more about, like, to get more context <laughs> from it. Um, yeah, the wallop <laughs> is great. I do love the wallop. Um, I, yeah.
1: Can I bounce yeah. us to another one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a shoot is this a back uh, for, so a forward slash followed by an asterisk is a slash to risk I like that. slash to slash risk slash to ricks excuse me uh, not so to be good. mistaken with uh, an asterisk followed by
2: a slash a and forward slash, slash
1: which is an aster slash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then, if
0: we want it to get feels really like fancy,
1: a backslash followed by an exclamation mark followed by an asterisk is apparently a bash bang splat.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's great. Oh, That's I really like that. Yeah, it's very cartoony or like very um, comic booky. I yes.
1: Oh yes. Hey. Uh, did you know that yes. an octothorpe uh, is otherwise known as the numeral symbol and in cartography, it is a symbol of a village because it represents eight fields around a central square.
2: I did not know uh, that. What? That's interesting. And no, I did
1: this not know is that. the source of its name because Thorpe somewhere means fields. According to the Elements of Typographic Style 3rd Edition 2004 found on page 314.
2: Interesting.
0: Mm. This sounds convincing to me.
1: According to SS64.com. Yeah. Um, a related term is Octolthorpe, which came, came from Bell System, and it sounds like we might be back into Doug Kerland at that point.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Doug Kerland. <laughs>
2: I, I, you know, to come back to Doug Kerland, um, I've occasionally interacted with people who have websites like this, and they're often very receptive to communication um yeah. i remember I, at one point i was very into uh drinking um martinis and I had read, I'd found a website that a guy had published his, like, thoughts about drinking martinis. And and I sent him an email one night really drunk and he wrote back and wrote, then <laughs> said, to like, said, you know, he appreciated my praise and and, and thought he, agree, he agreed with me. I was like, we kind of agreed on what we liked in a, in a nice. good martini. Aww. Um, yeah, it was cool. So I imagine that we may want to at some point maybe reach out to Doug Kerr and see if he wanted to, uh, you know have any comments for our podcast i don't know um, that could
0: be, be fun. great it also How i do had you know her's not listening already
2: i that's true you yeah i mean if doug if you're listening please by all means um send an email to our executive assistant dana 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 yes. at fcbm.io um we do hear from you yeah
1: it also uh, caused me to take a moment and make sure that i did not know doug kerr and there are a million websites like this and it's perfectly reasonable for me not to yes, but I, I was raised by a large group of um, Silicon Valley nerds all of whom have or at least had at some point their own version of Doug dot net right right yes. not, oh, not all of them yes. are still doing it and not all of them were quite as um, prolific but. The people who I uh, grew up around all had some domain somewhere full of articles with their uh, considered opinions on a great many topics, uh, some mm-hmm. work related and some not.
2: Yeah, it's That's it's pretty cool, I think. Very. Um, it's definitely using the Internet the way that it, it like classically was intended. Right. Like people.
0: Were able yeah. To kind of like
2: publish information and share information with each other. Um.
1: Right. Well, and it's very telling too, right? If, if you were to meet Doug Kerr in person and have him say to you, oh, check out my website, you'll learn a lot about how my mind works or you'll learn a lot about my job background or you'll learn a lot on my thoughts on technology. Like that is exactly what this site is. He's He just has a a reasonably well laid out website looks like it's mm-hmm. pretty straightforward html with a bunch of pdfs attached right it's not a yeah. it's not a portfolio or a website cv or in any of those things it is this is who this man is and how he likes to spend his time which is really kind of awesome
0: yeah 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 no, i love it i love that we i love it when we accidentally find cool stuff like this yes, yes. yeah yeah
2: it's
0: it's it's, it's so not awesome. infrequent that it happens
2: yeah
1: No, it often happens. I feel like this is the fun side. So on on the downside of, like, finding coincidence and bouncing from topic to topic, you end up with, like, conspiracy theory and, like, what I referenced earlier, making, you know, making actual predictions out of Nostradamus nonsense. But... If your goal is to have an interesting conversation with your friends or put together a podcast that someone might have fun listening to, this bit where we just bounce from one thing to the next to the next is super fun. And we got from Octothorpe, because Ned likes saying the word, to (laughs) this super cool website that we would never have come across yeah. And also, 45 minutes in, we found, I think, the first explanation that anyone has provided that actually makes a damn bit of sense for what an Octothorpe is and why that term came about.
0: Yeah. And it yes. took us,
1: it took three of us 45 minutes of bouncing around and Googling
0: and nice. checking different websites. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> oh it's, This is such a delightful adventure that we're on, isn't it? Yes. It yeah. is.
2: I, um, so I've had a chance to skim through his revised article and I think it's worth reading. Like, I mean, I'm not going to plague us with me, like reciting, quoting from it, but, um, clearly, and this is back to the Doug Aker uh, author who, who basically wrote in his own account. Um, it's a great account. Like I, I have no reason to believe that he's lying. I mean, whether it means that that's where the term Octothorpe came from and it's a bastardization of Octothorpe, um, who knows? I, I haven't read the whole article but it's definitely, there's a lot of really cool little sort of references in here and he talks about a joke that was in, like a big joke basically. Um, anyway, so I just wanted right. to like kind of point that out but um, yeah, it. it is really, this is very entertaining. I'm, I'm having a good time flitting from one thing to the next. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. I, Likewise.
2: I'm actually pretty impressed that we kind of stayed on the on topic as much as we did <laughs>
0: for, <laughs> no kidding right this took yeah. some determination to make it all the way through on the same the same thread
1: yeah congratulations i'm very too. proud of us Me nicely too. done
0: yes. good job everybody
2: so and yeah.
1: yes okay. i i don't want to read this article in too much detail or i will stop participating in this podcast but Doug Kerr's (laughs) full article on the name Octotherp and Octotherp uh for the symbol number symbol uh is Mm. delightful and everyone should read it
2: yeah it's he he has a good he's got a good writing style um I mean it his 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 sort of history of who he is like comes through and everything he says like you can imagine like what it's like to know him um Mm-hmm. which I find that that's always fun reading. So should we also? Um, yes, please.
1: Footnote 13 in this article simply reads, who knew I would find the best key lime pie of my life in a little roadhouse on the outskirts of Stevens Point, Wisconsin, that's or that fantastic. I would meet the fellow who invented the plastic credit card who entertained me in his spiffy yacht off Los Angeles.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I, I, think, we've, I think we've found kindre- a kindred spirit in Doug huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Doug Kerr. Today is Doug Kerr Day on FCBM. Right? Yes. Can we start calling it the Octo Kerr instead?
2: The Octo Kerr. I'm down for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here's the speaking of today. Here's the um, the colors of the day, which actually commem- commemorate um,
0: Great.
2: Doug Kerr's website. Uh, Excellent. With the, with the sort of orange. So uh, the As far as I can tell, according to our research department, which they um, apparently they had anticipated this discussion and us finding Doug Kerr's website, The Pumpkin. Um, And so Mm -hmm. they actually produced Mm -hmm. this earlier and sent it to me. But uh, so Doug Kerr's website uh, can only be described. The pumpkin portion of his website can only be described as the color robust temperature, um, which has uh, its RGB value is 23912347. Um, and here's the hexadecimal value, um, which is the thing that I, I kind of want to keep reminding people is if you're listening to this, if you just pop in this, these values right into, um, Google, it will spit out the color for you immediately. So if you type in, um, OctoCurve, OctoThorpe, Octotherp um, EF7B2F. So that, again, that's Octothorp EF7B2F. If you pop that into, uh, Google, You'll see robust temperature, and you'll be able to enjoy the color of it. So, what would you guys describe this color? It's uh, a pumpkin. It's a pumpkin. Yeah. yeah,
0: I would describe this color as the the color of Doug Kerr's pumpkin website. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: So he and made, I'm it's, yeah. I'm failing at my phonetic alphabet, but that is uh, pound echo foxtrot seven. Um what the heck is bravo bravo Bravo. Bravo. thank you you. to foxtrot
2: yeah to foxtrot exactly um yeah so and it's a complementary color which uh when we do colors of the day we always do pairs so that there's
0: that's right
2: something you can reference
0: this is is one of my favorite combinations so far
2: it is a really good one um so the complementary color to robust temperature is dramatic dramaturgic strut
1: Yes, yep. you got it.
2: <laughs> and so it's uh its hexadecimal value is octothorpe 1084 delta 0. Uh once again, that's hexadecimal or sorry, that's octothorpe 1084 delta 0. Um and this is kind of I would say like a sort of subdued blue. It's not a dark blue. Um
1: Yeah. Hmm. It's like the Blue that you would I, this describes a bunch of blues. So I don't know how helpful it is, but it's like the blue that you would see on a like sports team jersey or on a you know sign on a billboard. It's a really yeah. nice, approachable, friendly blue. It's what you think of when you think blue, it's right? Without but, without yeah. any modifier like light blue or dark blue or any of those. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um. So yeah. So that's uh, that's the colors of the day and. Do you guys so have anything great. else you want to say or should I wrap up with uh, our usual ending of please email us and let us know what you think?
1: Yeah, we've managed I to stay on topic for the said. entire time. I think we should wrap it up yeah. while while we're while still we're meeting still, our goal.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is like if if someone were snooping to see if we were staying on, uh, on topic as far as... Um, or sort of fitting our category, our podcast category of art and design, this would be a good one to listen to so you can feel comfortable about us staying in our box. Um,
0: that's right.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. That's that's what we strive to do here at FCBM. Stay in our box.
2: That's right. Stay in our box. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Strictly adhere to all the rules all the time. <laughs> um, totally. Yeah. So if you have thoughts about that, uh, please email us. Um, so Dana, who is, uh on and off again, well, mostly becoming another co-host, and she's definitely co-host for this episode, um, also doubles as our executive assistant. So if you email her, that's Dana, D-A-N-A, at FCBM.io, we'll get your message mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll want to hear from you right back or we'll Woo-hoo. talk about definitely. it on the podcast or whatever. If you have topic suggestions that we can um avoid or talk about or whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know. Like. Yeah. Or
1: topics that we should have avoided, at yeah, that point yes, will be too late. Yes. <laughs>
0: uh.
2: If you'd like to send a cease and desist letter, that's also a good place to start. <laughs> um,
1: I'll be happy to help. Or yeah. not help, depending.
2: Depending. Right. We'll see what what mood strikes you that yeah. day. Um but we've been uh Megan and I have been very happy with your work on this podcast so we don't we don't really have any complaints. Yeah,
1: thank you. Um, it's been right. really fun.
2: I actually, uh, I mean, listeners probably would be interested in this. I have another friend who uh, is on Australia, and he's is on he's on Australia, but he also lives there. <laughs> he's on in, Australia, in Australia. Um, and he uh, he just texted me the other day, and he's like, "Man, who do you use for your podcast host?" And because uh, I guess his his podcast is getting kicked off of their hosting, I'm not exactly sure what the no. deal is with that. Oh. and I was like, oh, well I, we don't, we have our own, we like run our own server. So we may be getting another podcast on our server.
1: Um, Oh my gosh. Which would be very cool. That would be fun.
2: Yeah. Um, we actually started our podcast at a similar time and I should look up and see, um, people can have a look and see what, um,
0: yeah, I want to listen to it.
2: Yeah. Let me just check and see what his, uh, here we go. Come on.
1: Ned, I think that means you'll need to pick like a recording label name or something like that.
2: Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um,
1: Or we can be a podcast network instead of just a podcast. Isn't that exciting?
2: Yeah. I mean, so we'll do, um, what we will do probably is like he'll, we'll probably promote his podcast on our podcast just to like give him an opportunity to, uh, Holy yeah. shit! When I so I'm like trying to search my chat with him. So he told me about it a while ago. Um,
1: Do you chat with him as much as you chat with Meg? If uh, so, it'll be hard to find.
2: Yeah, no, I don't. The problem is, I chat with Meg so much that her <laughs> her chat pollutes <laughs> my. Um. Let me see here. I just found. <laughs> uh, uh, here we go. Wait. Uh, nope. Dang it um anyway um please by all means continue talking while i try to figure out
0: (laughs) i I don't i don't know what else to say you guys have like
1: well i'm I'm trying to come up with a
0: i'm trying to come up with a clever
1: podcast network name like we're the
0: (laughs) what was that
2: that's so uh you can find my friend Dave's podcast work on YouTube, um, if nowhere else. And then we'll once I get his podcast promoted over. Um, but his name is Papa Fire on YouTube, and you can't miss it. And his shit's pretty cool. Um, awesome! He, Great. He, like he likes to talk about all kinds of shit. That was that little bit of audio was him rapping in his car freestyle. Um, he like started this project where he's like films himself on the way to work every day um rapping in his car and it's pretty (laughs) funny because he like makes music and and records beats and does shit nice Um, yeah so you can look there and then once we get his podcast like up and running on our server then we can we can also talk about that yeah i don't know what we like i mean i'm assuming fcbm is just sort of our like our root sort of name and then i mean
1: fcbm is our podcast right like that one we're not going to share no 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 but if
2: FCBM is the podcast. The podcast is the podcast. Like, (laughs) if you go to the website, if you go to fcbm.io, you will find that there is the website fcbm.io. Then there's Mm -hmm. the podcast, and there may at someday someday be the t-shirt and the book and the. But I I do right. We
0: the publisher. We there's the publishers. We're the publishers.
2: But um, Dana, I I hear what you're saying, and we do probably need to think about. like well, he'll he'll have his own podcast name and that'll be the podcast it'll just be hosted on on
1: F C. Oh, sure.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm mostly just joking. So to oh. to to plug some of the other I, I spend a lot of time listening net. to podcasts. And yeah. a lot of the podcasts that I listen to are like Maximum Fun podcasts or their Frog Pants Network podcasts, right? Oh, Usually gotcha. once right. once you've got a group of podcasters who are all like on the same server or using the same systems or regularly plugging each other's stuff, um yeah. you will often mm-hmm find a bunch of podcasts that all share a share a network or share a community. Right. I, I was joking that if we're getting a second podcast, then we, we need to have it. We, we could do something along the same lines. Oh, if, no, we should. If you felt mm-hmm. like it.
2: Yeah, no, I do. I think we should. Although, to my mind, it would just be FCBM, the producers. There oh, you yeah. go. So, I yep. don't know. Although
1: that puts your friend at second billing then, because the whole network is named after your podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, sure right. sounds good to me
2: I mean it, like the reality <laughs> is is that um, he'll probably have his own damn main name and point it to my server oh sure he won't like he can he can either either reference us or not it doesn't matter um,
1: fine yeah. crush my dreams no. of our expanding empire oh, see if okay.
2: I care no. I mean yeah, yeah.
0: no no <laughs> no crushing no crushing <laughs> It's all right. I didn't need any more
1: emails to reply to anyway.
2: (laughs) My, um, yeah, that's funny. A friend of mine calls me dream crusher lately. She's been referring to me as dream crusher because I, I often poke holes in her, her ideas of how the world works.
1: I should Mm. start calling my husband that on occasion. He has the same tendency. Hey, did you read this super cool article about this engineering thing? Yeah, it's a bad idea. It doesn't actually work as well as they think it is, and they'll give up on it in two years. Dang it. Hey, how about this other cool thing? (laughs) Yeah, we tried that 10 years ago. It didn't work as well as they think it would. I don't know why they haven't done their research and read about the research that I did when I was at MIT.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: man. Um, Yeah, good times. Dream Crusher. That's a good name. Yep. yep. Maybe we need to uh, have an episode titled "Dream Crusher." I don't know Definitely. what dreams we yeah. want to be crushing, but we'll figure something out.
0: Can we also have one called "Ball Crusher"? I'd In <laughs> my episode.
1: <laughs> sure. Why not? We can have as many episodes as we want with whatever silly names we want. Octothorpe worked out pretty well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It worked yeah. out really well. Um, I guess we can. I guess we can call this one done. Are we?
0: All right. Okay. I think so. Thanks for listening everybody. Yeah, thanks yeah, for listening. Thank in. you.
2: Um we had a great time and we hope you did too. Okay,
0: bye. Yeah. Okay, bye.
2: Bye.